the weekly show with David J. Maloney. This week, David chats with the multi-talented actress Vivian Lamoli. And now, here's your host, David J. Maloney. Our featured guest tonight is a Latina triple threat. She acts, she dances, she sings so incredibly that she landed the recurring role of Filiberto Rodriguez on the hit Hulu series, East Los High. In her upcoming film, The Latin from Manhattan, she portrays the legendary Vanessa Del Rio. She'll also be playing the part of Kitty in the much-anticipated Grease spinoff, Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies. Here to chat about her work, love of music, and everything else we want to talk about, Vivian Lamoli. Vivian, welcome to the show. Hi, David. Thank you so much for having me. So before we get to the stuff you're doing now and your body of work, uh, I, I really want to talk about your early life. Okay. Where, where did you grow up and what was life like there? Well, I am from a small place called Miami. I don't know if you've ever small. heard of it. <laughs> uh, some people haven't. No, the 305. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, uh, in our family and in our life, I'm Cuban, Puerto Rican, and Italian. So having that background, that heritage, we just, that culture, we dance and we sing every day. It's a thing. <laughs> so I, I, suffice it to say, and I've known you for a while, that you're incredibly creative. Where did the creativity bug hit you? Um, you know, I was, since I was really little, I was always taking dance classes, singing everything that my mother would allow me to. <laughs> she had us in choir, uh, and a lot of things that were really about the arts. They were really supportive. So I just decided, you know, it's funny, I actually was thinking about going into law. We'll get to that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but I was wanting to do something, you know, kind of more serious from with my family. And I was like, you know what? I can't get away from performing. Now, you, you mentioned your mom. And your mom, as I recall, uh, was a backup singer for, a, for an iconic singer herself, right? Yes, you know your stuff. A little bit. <laughs> Uh, yes, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Miss Gloria Stefan. Watch Father of the Bride. Sorry, I had to plug it. It's a really good film, the new mm -hmm. reboot. Um, but yes, yeah, so when she was with the Miami Sound Machine, it was a whole, a whole thing. And my grandmother, being the strict Cuban amazing woman that she is, pulled that plug quicker than my mom would have wanted to. But yeah, that was a time. <laughs> so how early would you say the thought crossed your mind that you might really want to make a career out of out of singing, dancing, and acting? I mean, was it high school? Was it college? When was that? I would say, I mean, uh, taking it seriously, college, but I've always been singing um, Selena when that film came out with J-Lo, and obviously also just Selena in general, Selena Quintanilla, um, was always an idol for, my, for me. Um, I would walk around the house with a big bun on my head singing Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb. And uh, watching Jennifer Lopez portray that role, I just, I fell in love with, with the work and just continued to. I was going to ask you what your inspiration was and, <laughs> and, and you, know, you know, sometimes somebody will have a poster of somebody on their wall and mm -hmm. that'll be, was, was, was it J-Lo or was it Selena or who was it? Did you have an inspiration, somebody who was inspirational to you? Well, I would have to say this, and not just because you're watching mom, <laughs> but my mother, um, she's one of the best singers that I know, technically trained, um, you know, we sang in church all the time, but yeah, I feel like when J-Lo came out with the film, or, or, you know, she portrayed Selena, that was something for me that I wanted to research more of Selena and, and know her background and what Tejano music was. 
And um, yeah, I would say J-Lo and Selena coinciding together. So a lot of people who go into either acting or music or dance the, the, or comedy, you know, I've, I've had a number of people on the show where they were like, oh, well, my parents were like, you need a backup plan. You need a backup plan. Oh, yeah. Were your parents <laughs> in the same, did your parents feel the same way or because your mom had accomplished what she had accomplished and then maybe didn't get to f fulfill everything she wanted to do, was she more supportive in that way or did they still feel you needed a backup plan? <laughs> we we should yes we'll we'll circle back to to that because that is a fact uh i think more than anything i think parents as you should know they we they fear for the child like you know your your child going into something that's very iffy very um not uh, strategic with doing something like that becoming a doctor or a lawyer and at the end of the day my they were very supportive but at the same time when I changed my major in college and decided to do the liberal arts way and do all of the musicals I could get my hands on musical theater is my background um, and do things that they had never really they don't know those outlets or connects so i think that's why they were scared like who to um refer me to or how to make that happen moving out to la by myself that that sort of thing they were scared that's for sure but they didn't say what's your backup plan they weren't harsh about it like my dad always knows that i'm an athlete when I work out or when I do things like dance, he's always like, you can instruct, you can do things like that. That will, That'll be your backup. That will, right, exactly. But they also know how educated I am. So, so once you can no worried. longer do, you can teach. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know how that goes. So what attracted you to theater? Uh, you know, that's, thank you for that question because I always think about that too. I'm like, I wanted to be a pop star. Why am I a musical theater star? <laughs> no, I um, I caught that bug in college when I started watching the my, when I saw my first musical, um, which was Once on This Island. I don't know if you're familiar with. I musical am not. Theater. So I skipped. I, I must have been out education sick that day. for that. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to have you know a whole musical theater night where I just show you <laughs> all the best show tunes, David. There like, you go. Rah rah. Uh, no, I um I saw <laughs> I, I watched my first musical and then I was like, this is everything that I love altogether and they're emoting so much and when you stop and you can't even like express it with words anymore, you have to sing it or or dance or feel that certain way and I know that you're having thoughts right now. But that's I think um what made me realize this is going to give me the training, the stamina, it's just going to be so much fun and I love the people that I worked with, the community. What was what would you say was your first main theater memory? Ooh, okay. Uh, I mean, is this a PG? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, do you know the musical Hair? Yeah, I know you're from Woodstock, yeah. Yeah, so you, mm -hmm. so Absolutely. that is a whole that yeah. is a whole vibe for you. Uh, but I so I played Dion in Hair, and there was one scene where we all got naked. Oh jeez. <laughs> there's a thing, yeah. Yeah, there's and, a thing. And um, we all got naked, and we were protesting against the war. So I'm sure you know, mm -hmm. as like I said, from being from Woodstock, how people can get very passionate about that. So we all really got into the scene, and that was probably my biggest theater member, like my one that really that's, stands that's out. That's one that'll be etched <laughs> in your brain for a while, yeah. I can see would that. Would that stand out for you too? Yeah, not, it's not it, just yeah. me. Yeah, I think it would. <laughs> so, so you you graduate from UF, 
Mm-hmm. Um, did you get work right away or was it the struggle like a lot of people have or was, yeah. was it a long wait or were there things lined up ahead of time? How did that fall into place for you? You know, it's interesting because sometimes you uh, you don't think about the bad times or the weird times or the struggle. Um, thinking back on that time, you know, I like I said, I had a lot of support. I, um, I graduated from University of Florida and then I went right on tour. So I did a lot of children's theater. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when it got to doing like tours that I looked old enough, because as you know, we Latinas, we don't age. Um, So we, I started doing shows that, uh, you know, adults wanted to watch or, you know, Into the Woods, bigger names that people, Hairspray, things like that. So I was on tour through the West Coast and um, I finally decided I'm going to make the move to LA when I finished in San Francisco. When did you start auditioning for TV roles? Ooh, uh, maybe 2013, like a year into living in LA. Okay. So it was like 2013. So you're doing traveling theater, right? For yeah. A bit, and then, Touring, and yeah. then, mm-hmm. and then you end up in LA and mm-hmm. then you start auditioning. You have to do the, you're auditioning for commercial stuff, TV That's stuff, right. anything My you first, can get. The thing that made me SAG, SAG-AFTRA mm-hmm. or eligible was a Zumba commercial. Oh, wow. Does anyone remember Zumba? <laughs> remember that dance style? Yeah. It's a very Latin salsa hip hop kind of thing. So it um, it got me to a place where I could b- apply and be SAG after in the union. So I did a Zumba commercial and then Blanca Valdez casting. I cannot, I can never not do una entrevista, which means interview, without shouting her out because she really gave me my big oh, wow. break. And I know you know what that was, which was East Los, but she called me directly from doing a commercial and being cast in, in that commercial with her. Before we get into East Los, yeah. I want to talk about KC Undercover. Because um. I know you made that stop uh, along the way, mm-hmm. and you got to work with Zendaya, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So how did you find out you got that role? That, honestly, that was one of the most, first of all, exhilarating because I was much younger and didn't, I just didn't think anything of it. I just had kept auditioning and then, you know, things happened really quickly because when you're in TV, you know, everything happens really quick. So, um, I keep saying that to you because I know I see you, you act, you do your thing. I see you, David. Um, but yeah, I, I had never experienced anything like that because I auditioned on the, the lower level. Um, on the lot and right away they were like okay we're going upstairs to producers oh, wow. do everything you just did like do everything you just did and better <laughs> or improv <laughs> yeah. or let's do some improv stuff with you so it was really quick everything happened really quick and I knew I got it that day so when people are waiting, that's that so means you don't. Different, yeah. Exactly. Like that's not the ordinary thing that you hear, especially it's, for a first shot. Like that. I mean, yes and no, but when they know, they know, and yeah, you don't want to be kept like waiting because television, especially something like that, which is multicam, multicam is um, really difficult. First of all, to cast because you have to trust that actor that they're going to be funny and on every time, and. Um, the training for multicam there's like classes for it and things like that but when you're natural no (laughs) no when you know you know and z working with her was so fabulous she's so uh transparent she's so cool she's so down to earth and humble and she would say things we would just be laughing 
in our green rooms. Like, and this they, was before she got big. Did you have Did you have any idea when you were working with her that she would blow up as big as she did? Like, in other words, could you see something in her that you would go, you know, oh wow, she's going to be something? Because I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot uh, there's a lot of Disney kids who never yeah. who never get out. Yeah, right? who never reach that height of their in their career. Yeah. But with her the answer is yes like you could see it right away and also because she was throwing things at me and being like yo put a little something a little some spanish in there it didn't hit and it didn't work but the risk taking and how she was just so like risky with things and you know didn't uh, play within the box it was all about really working with your actors and making it a family and just having fun and now she's like one of the it girls of the decade she's so amazing it's crazy i'm so proud of her i'm the, the biggest thing that i'm proud of is that she takes everything by the reins like puts it in her own hands and says how how would i relate to this in high school how do i want kids to relate to me when it's you know even something like euphoria but casey undercover i mean that was the real like that really made her shine as at that age but then to see the development and do something like that is um with with euphoria and on hbo max it's it's major major with sam well, all the other producers. And then you land east los high mm -hmm. and um what do you remember about getting that call that was Blanca, Blanca Valdez again. And the biggest thing, I think I just, well, I, re I read for like five roles on East Los. So I had kept coming in and um, Philly was the last one that I read for. And she, I think it, the biggest, the biggest thing there was that when you read for so many roles, you know, like we want to fit her in this mold somewhere or or so in other person. words they had you read for a bunch of different roles because they wanted you mm -hmm. they were just going to try to figure out which one fit you best exactly At, or even sometimes roles have been created differently yeah like she was philly was supposed to be same with scar and casey undercover i always get this like she they were supposed to be like for lack of a better whatever and and we're just talking can we're talking openly they wanted they had this image of them being like a big bully or something oh, like okay. that like a bigger girl or like with with in Islos High she was more like in banda which is a Mexican style um uh type of music mm -hmm. banda mariachi okay something like that like she was supposed to kind of have that vibe but be like kind of more like bullyish and bigger and that sort of thing um physically but I always come in and I'm a little pit bull so, so they, I think that's the 305 Pitbull, okay? <laughs> no, I always come in and it's just a different kind of savagery. Like, it's, it's a different kind of aggressiveness. And so um, they changed some of the role to be like a, you know, a Puerto Rican mm -hmm. from New York, Florida, that sort of thing, Miami. And, um, and we rolled with that. So did you know that that show was going to become a success when you were starting on it? Did you have any inkling? You know, I was in the second season, so I had been watching the first season, and I was like, yo, this is different. Like, it's a very different show. I didn't go through this kind of stuff in high school. So for me, I was like, this is all, this is all kind of new to me. It being, you know, the drugs, the sex, the teen pregnancy, the... Um, uh, being doing be you know being mm -hmm. with a music producer who was actually a drug dealer uh, there's a lot of things in the show that I think East LA it, it's true to that or it's true to like you know those kinds of those mm -hmm. cities 
Um, and I, for me, I honestly was so, I felt like because I was so young and just getting into television, I didn't know where it was going to go. But the way that it got such great reviews and it was received so well with the demographic, we were very proud of that, that we made people from East L.A. super proud. Did, did you know your character was going to make it through the whole series or did you think that, you know, it that might be some point where she transfers out or gets locked up or something? Well, it wasn't even a thought in my mind. Like at that time, I was just happy to like to, 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 to dance, do the work. like to yeah. do the work. I'm mean, even to this day, like it's so amazing to um Yes, have that because I'm in, obviously in talks now about producing my own shows, producing my own stuff, um, working with management to become a producer with them. But back at that time, I just really wanted to get all of the work there and out and make it really good, like really authentic. So I didn't think about would I make it to the next season? I was thinking about just and I was also very confident. I'm just a very confident person. What is the next season? How can I go harder? How can I have more choreography under my belt? Um, because of the fact that we were on the bomb squad. So I knew the bomb squad would always survive. We got have it. To, because we that was a be core characters was, of the show. So it wasn't ever a worry or a concern or something like that. It was just very much so a, um, an excitement. Like I always wanted to dance and we were a little family. So it was cool. So... Had you worked on an entirely Latino production before, or was this the first one you had where pretty much everybody was either Latino or Latina? That's the, I mean, I love that you bring that up because that's one of the biggest things that we talk about, or what we talked about during a lot of the um, press tours and stuff like that. We, I had never seen, that was also another thing that I, um, as an artist was like, this is the first show I've ever seen with an entirely Latino cast. Um, so we were very proud, but it was the first of its kind, one of the first of yeah, its kind, absolutely. along with um, what came out around then, Orange is the New Black. It wasn't a full Latino cast, yeah. but they had a lot of that representation and it started becoming more and more. So I definitely felt the um, weight of it being something like, this is respected. So you then, you landed a great role on All the Queen's Men, which was executive <laughs> produced by Tyler Perry. Yeah. What was that experience like for you? Oh, that's been amazing. I mean, it just, uh, it was a very fairly new experience. I was, I booked it that day, or I think it was like a couple days later. Um, I play an officer, lesbian officer, Kat. Um, and she's, I, I say that because it's a very important relationship within the show. Um... And it was, it was really exhilarating to know like that I didn't, we didn't have any producers calls or anything like that. It was just, I booked it off the tape. Um, cause with pandemic, that was yeah. a huge thing too, that we were just booking things off of tape or doing zoom calls ever since 2020. It was just one of those things of how are we going to really get these actors in the room and feel it, which by the way, I'm happy that we're keeping it that way. Cause it's kind of great yeah. <laughs> to be honest. So it's it's kind of nice to be in your space and, and be able to like rehearse like that or, or feel comfortable kind of getting vulnerable and, and taking well, it's, it's interesting how the pandemic has done that because now there are certain things that are so much easier than they used to be because yeah. we've, we had to change to do that and it's no longer considered a cop-out to do it. It's, it's now the new norm. I love that. I know. Usually people, and you would think that it's so funny because you rely, you would think like, 
oh, you know, it's a cop out. I got to be home. I have to do this sort of thing. But now it's a necessity. So uh, booking all the Queen's men and working with everyone I worked with in the Tyler Perry camp has been really awesome. We just, our season two just premiered last week. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So I think the role that we're all waiting to finally see (laughs) is, is your portrayal of Vanessa Del Rio in The Latin from Manhattan. What was it like playing a, a biographical role like that mm-hmm. and, and, you know, based entirely on a real person in her story? Yeah, I, um, it's been a really, really delicious, exhilarating ride with Vanessa. And, and as you know, she is with us to this day. I speak with her. I, it's been an amazing process to get her input. Did you get a, have you gotten to meet her or did oh, pandemic? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I met her back in 2017. Okay. When I had gotten the role, we've been working on this for about five years. It's been it's been a while, uh, so I see why you would say. No, well, I remember. I, that's why we're waiting. Yeah, because when we met, we've been anticipating it. Um, uh, I remember seeing stuff on Instagram on about Instagram, it like forever ago. Forever ago, yeah, dude. <laughs> but I will say um, things have been really great. We're getting it to the point where it's in post, which is nice. Um, but the biggest thing with that role is that there's so much doesn't really get spoken about as much as it should be and it's women empowerment i mean playing this role of this first latina adult star um and her being cuban and puerto rican as well it's just that representation of of having the guts to do what you want to do with your life and when i speak with her it's like that every time it's no different than than someone who wants to be a high-powered attorney or, um, you know, get into some uh, other occupation that's not being an adult star. Uh, uh, Yeah, she's an adult film star. She is a legend. And when we speak, I have that esteem for her because she's so intelligent. It's so cool. And everyone who I'm working with, Andrea, Drea DiMatteo, Shane West, um, Asai. Jesse Metcalf, Isai, Isai yeah. Morales. Um, he's so amazing. They, Elizabeth Rodriguez, Taryn Manning. Gosh, the list goes on. They're all just so brilliant. And they're so, um, we're like a little family too. I feel really comfortable with being so vulnerable on set because you know it's a you know yeah. you're in you're in some pretty compromising <laughs> scenes but it it really makes me feel good that everyone is doing the work and putting the work in and that there's history there i love the 70s i love the 80s so is there one story from the set uh, we talked about the thing from hair <laughs> is there something from this particular movie that stick, kind of sticks out to you that that you always I think carry every with you? day there's there was something crazy every day <laughs> yes uh I don't want to, without giving away too much. Um, Maybe a behind the scenes story? Okay, we could do. Um, let's see. I mean, there's so many things that that have to do with giving away a scene in the oh. set. I will say this Dave Preval, who I didn't um, mm-hmm. mention as one of the actors, Mean Streets, yeah. Sopranos, mm-hmm. David Preval is. Uh, legendary and and iconic he came to my trailer one day and i was like i kind of we just had a conversation like normal and you know i always i'm the type of person who has her door open like come through i'm getting hair and makeup done like let's talk let's hang uh but when he was walking away he's like he's always like hey sweetie hey girl like he's just (laughs) so sweet um but when he was walking away 
I in my in my mind I was like, oh my god, that was just David Preval. Yeah, that just like, happened. Yeah, that just happened. Him having a regular conversation with me. So, any idea when we can actually expect to see the film? Yeah, it's um. So they just had a screening, like a first look in in LA last month, but we're looking to do a premiere in New York City coming oh, wow. very soon. Yeah, that is so. That's so cool. So I want to talk about Grease: Rise of the Pink Ladies. Yes. Um, you, you get to play Kitty in this much anticipated. Grease spinoff. <laughs> what are you allowed to tell us about the project I, at this point? Are you allowed to tell well, us anything? I was just going to say, do you know who Kitty is? No. <laughs> uh, I can't. Yeah, that's one. I've been giving you a lot. <laughs> so it's kind of a It's, it's, kind it's of a definitely very under wraps. I, I, you know, I knew that was one of the topics that we were going to have this discussion on, on Grease today. And the biggest thing about it is that there's just so much um, history. And, and when you step on that Paramount set... The feeling you just you feel it and it's so iconic and it being about rise of the pink ladies like truly about the women and how they got there and what the struggles they were going through through high school and why they decided to become the pink ladies um but yeah being all up in the mix of that i'll tell you something it's gonna be it's epic does when when you have that and you have that that energy rush does that automatically increase your intensity oh yeah and intensity you said, helps you bring it doesn't it yes and it also yeah you bring it on there and you also feel like you have a responsibility you know because for the john for the john travolta for john travolta olivia newton john um Kaniki, yeah. <laughs> like uh, stalker channing for everyone that really they're a part of the legacy a part of the franchise that it just it feels so good to um represent that and yeah absolutely you feel you feel like you put that much more into the music that much more into the dancing um your scenes i'll tell you another thing the 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 scenes that get really intense are my favorite most definitely my favorite by far so, uh, speaking of music, you've got, uh, I think I heard one of your songs on Spotify, and yeah. you've got, you're working on some music, you've got some other projects undergoing, you mentioned an animated project, yeah. and then <laughs> you've got this, um, this kind of horror. There's a few, yes, yes, so, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. so talk Talking about those about songs. that, oh my God, sometimes you make me forget, so no. Yeah, you've um, got a lot going on, so. Yeah, there are, there is a lot, and, and. What's great is that so much of it is premiering kind of at the same time. So these last two years have been very, very busy, bu like just busy for me. But to hop into those different characters is the coolest thing ever, like switching it up and just being someone different. Um, but with the music, that came from a musical, actually, once upon a t it was Once Upon a Time, the rock opera. Um, shout out to Ace and Aaron. They're the best producers, directors, everything. They're a couple, actually. It's a uh, wife, and, wife and husband who did this together. But, um, yeah, with music-wise, I'm writing my own music now. So original stuff, which... You know, I feel like when you experience things sometimes, that, not even sometimes, it, it drives you to create your own kind of thing and put that out there. It's a really great creative outlet. And being a singer, I was always singing other people's music. And now I kind of want to branch out and show people my energy or how I feel or what kind of music I want to put out there. Um, as far as the horror film, <laughs> there's a couple of them that are happening, but Noche del Infierno, I think, is the one that we're talking about, which means Hell Night. I play a sorority girl, 
a sorority sister and she is a senior who is I wouldn't call it hazing because there's a moral to the story but I guess for lack of a better term people are definitely doing this thing where it's um well not people the girls are we are inducting inducting is that a word I guess that's a word. <laughs> did a I word. make it did I make that's it a up word. Um, we're bringing in the new pledges and there's a reason why we have to um, undergo some, so many of these things because of the stereotypes that people have on Latinas, oh, specifically wow. Latin women. So um, without giving away too much with that one, it's going to, it's doing the festival circuit. Uh, HBO Latino has a huge, has a major eye on it right now, um, and HBO Max, because what that can do is help to produce the full series of the 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 short. Oh, what cool! It is. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's where we're at. So where can our audience go to follow you on social media? Everywhere. <laughs> that no, narrows every, it down. <laughs> there it is. Um, every one of my handles is at Viva Livin. I should spell it, huh? Yeah. V-I-V-A-L-I-V-I-N. And we'll so put it up on the little bottom part of the screen there, too. Oh, good. So, Vivian, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, David. This is like your familia. So, you know that. I This one right here, oh my gosh. Love you, Maloney's. I'm so grateful. And I love being on your show. I see everything that you do, and I'm uh, you're blessed. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, Vivian Lamoli. <laughs> thank you.